Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. So one, two, three, now, baby. What's packing, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watch Totally Spies with my guest, Marcy King. Marcy uses she or they pronouns, and she has a webcomic called Her Journal Comic, which you can find on Twitter. I am on Twitter, at StopTweetingMia, if you want to go follow me. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm here if you need to talk. Because it's vaguely related to Charlie's Angels, I guess. It's in the same camp. And there wasn't a Charlie's Angels animated series, shockingly enough. I kind of, when I first saw this show, I, I kind of felt like maybe it was just they couldn't get the rights to Charlie's Angels and they were already making it. So right. they just made it something else instead. Uh-huh. I don't even fucking know. Never mind. I don't know anything about Charlie's Angels. I'm excited about the new movie, but also I'm not. By the time this episode comes out, everybody will have known how it is i think it has potential but it's a sony comedy and i'm sick of getting my hopes up over those (laughs) i'll go out on a limb right now and tell you exactly how the movie's going to be despite the fact that we're recording this two (laughs) weeks before it comes out Kristen stewart is gonna be very very hot in the movie and it's gonna like kind of like gay bait you a little bit but nothing confirmed (laughs) elizabeth banks's directing is gonna be really really just like subdued by the studio which is gonna claw their little fingers in there and the script will have gone through seven drafts and it'll just be like boring as shit all the action is gonna be like really really generic and nothing incredible um and in the end you're gonna leave it and be like i guess that was fine but like three days later you're gonna know that it wasn't fine you're gonna be really mad about it (laughs) or at least that's how it is for me like I, i went to see men in black international and i was like tessa thompson that's good and then i saw it and i was like no it wasn't there was nothing redeeming about that movie i really think they should have gone the uh gender swap ghostbusters wrote you know just have it just be like a bunch of like cis men as charlie's angels Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you got chris hemsworth you got eugenio (laughs) derbez but they still have to wear the same outfits oh that's good and then charlie is still is is a woman named charlie 
gender neutral name, you know, that's always good. There you go. Oh, Perfect. God. Yeah. So enough about Charlie's Angels. Nobody's seen it. It's it's going to be utter trash. You know what? If it's not trash, I'll be excited because I want it to be good. Like I love Elizabeth Banks and like listening to her interview and in interviews talking about the movie has been great. Who knows? Who cares? Honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's just another another movie that'll come and go and be forgotten by the end of the month. Mm hmm. Totally Spies, on the other hand, uh, a classic of our time, <laughs> a bygone era. Was this a show that you watched growing up at all? This is not one that I watched a whole lot growing up. I kind of was being a bit of a snob about it. Uh, I saw that they were incorporating a bunch of like anime stuff in there. And I was like, uh, this kind of feels a little insincere. Because you're a huge anime purist or you only not watch even. Totally Spies with subtitles in the original Japanese? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's my thing. I have to watch it in the original French or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, it it is very anime, but I mean there was a lot of Americanized anime influenced kind of stuff around that time and some of it was very good. Like Teen Titans was really great. Um Avatar the Last Airbender was like a few years after this, yeah. but Avatar was actually what turned me around on uh using like anime styles in American animation. At first I thought it was kind of like pandering, but then like when I saw uh Avatar that kind of changed my mind. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though, is if you're comparing anything to Avatar, it's going to be an unfavorable comparison. Like, unless it's, you know, top 10 animated series of all time, that's not that's not a good look on it, you know? Totally Spies. Um, I did watch this show as a kid. I remember watching it a lot. I definitely had a crush on Sam, the main one. I mean, red hair, how can you not, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, like her, like Mary Jane Watson, you know, Batgirl at the time. Like, they were all cartoon characters, though, you know, except for Mary Jane Watson, I guess. Like, Kristen Dunst. But yeah, this show really came back into prevalence in, in mainstream culture, I think. Um, <laughs> because there were a lot of memes about just how incredibly fetishy it is. Yeah, I'd heard about that. I, I um... As I was watching these, I was looking out like super sharp for uh, any of the fetishy stuff. And I think I caught a couple. Yeah, there's there's nothing too overt, but it's just like when you see the grand scheme of things and somebody's laid out a chart where there's where they're like, this is vor and this is gigantism and this is where they're shrunk down and this is mind control and this is where somebody makes them act like babies. You're like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yeah, it seems like when you look at every of the 126 episodes of this show, you can sense a pattern a little bit. <laughs> It's crazy. I didn't even realize that it had gone on for that long, like 126 episodes. I was pretty sure that this was like just around for a couple of seasons in the mid 2000s. I didn't realize that like, I think I read it ended in like 2013. Yeah, yeah. It seems like one that would have like two 13 episode half seasons and then be done. But no, it ran for like 13 years, I think, from 2001 to 2013. And I watched one of those later season episodes and that was pretty wild. <laughs> It was an episode from 2014. They had recast everybody. So like all the girls were completely different. And that was jarring. And it was all about social media. There was like a social media brainwashing plot. And like their their nemesis, Carrie or whatever the fuck her name was, Mandy, had her own social media app where everybody would get on to like Mandy chat and see what Mandy was up to that day. And it's like, oh, in 2014, we had no idea where social media was heading. I mean, it's kind of there now, isn't it? Like... With, like, people getting huge on, like, TikTok and stuff? like Yeah, I guess, but but the idea there was that, like, you would download an app for every single person you wanted to follow. Like, if you wanted to follow Mia on Twitter, instead of Twitter, you would go to Mia app 
and download that. And you would only see things that I posted, which I guess is was <laughs> the point of the Jeremy Renner app. Well, I mean, that's basically what my Twitter feed is anyway. So, I mean, I guess we already have that. <laughs> that's fair. So I tweet a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was really funny, though, because when I watched that episode, I watched like four or five episodes of the show, honestly, because it was just it was fine. And we I had some time to do it. And it just got really, really repetitive, really, really fast in the way that every episode would just be like brainwashing plot over and over and over again. I think like the first four episodes and the first episode of season six were all brainwashing plots. I definitely noticed that. And that was sort of like, well, okay, girls, you should probably know this by now. You should probably be able to assume brainwashing plot at this point. <laughs> so even even by the like the final seasons, they don't cotton on to like maybe people are being brainwashed. They're still just like no. in the dark on all of it. They're not really all that smart. Like they're kind of <laughs> very, very, very stupid, especially for like international super spies that are supposed to be solving mysteries all the time. They really have no mystery solving acumen. Yeah, I was actually uh, noticing that like they definitely didn't do a whole lot of spying. It was more like breaking and entering a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I've never been a spy. Breaking and entering with like really, really high tech gadgets that will like cause global warming if you set them off and things like that. Right. They just have that lying around. Like, why? Why did they build that in the first place? <laughs> yeah. I watched the first three episodes, and then I jumped ahead to check out the 69th episode. Because I feel like I did that because I'm super cool and funny. But I figured, like, if you're going to have a show with, like, some, like, low-key fetishy stuff, like, you're going to put something in the 69th one, for sure. And it turned out that that one had uh, people being transformed into bugs. So... That's the thing, is it's it's always, like, some, like, world-ending plot you know, that they're up against. It's like somebody that's like obsessed with bugs. Like what What was the villain's intention turning people into bugs? I don't even know. It was like, he was like a uh, a pest control guy who I think he said, if you can't beat him, lead him. Which, uh, <laughs> that's a, some interesting logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, that's the thing is that like all the villains in this show are so insanely like <laughs> the guy in the first episode his whole plot is to like take this this teenage boy and like use his music to brainwash all of the youth in America and then in the second episode I think or maybe the third one the whole plot was that it was a guy who was brainwashing people with his toys to give them childhood intellect and um that was strange. He was like, I'm really bummed out that yeah. people are all playing with their phones and playing with video games nowadays, so I'm going to make them all babies again in adult bodies. Yeah, there's definitely some kind of failure in marketing research there. Um, if it was a big enough toy company, he probably could have like hired some new people, figured out what kids want, instead of like brainwashing adults to play with them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe I'm picking this apart too much. I'm like a little upset. This cartoon isn't very realistic. Well, well, I mean, and it's always so funny how the logic of the of the world works because nobody seems like in in the second episode where people basically they like look at the baby doll that's being sold for Christmas and they instantly become a child again in an adult's body. And 
everybody around them when they do that are like, hey, why are you acting so weird? And not like, what the fuck is wrong with this person that they're literally acting like a baby? Or like when the music is brainwashing teenagers and all the teenagers are like revolution, overthrow capitalism or whatever it is that they're saying. Nobody is like, oh, this seems to happen to everybody who's listening to this music. Like there's a real paper trail here. Everyone who listens to the glowing CD. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) However they pulled that one off. I think a big central issue with this show upon watching it as an adult is that Alex, Sam, and Clover are like not only stupid, but also just huge, huge assholes. Like they're so conceited and full of themselves, obsessed with popularity and just like rich and boy obsessed and especially rich like they're constantly talking about money and like incredible like vacations they're gonna go on and like they all live in mega mansions and stuff like that and it's like why are these our protagonists yeah and aren't they like in high school at the same time yeah they are they are in high school in the first season and the the super spy base is like built below the high school and you kind of have to wonder like how did they get roped into the situation at all that kind of is a thing that like is bugging me like what qualified them? Because we really know nothing about them, like, as normal people. We just have to take it, you know, that they're spies. Yeah, maybe it's like a spy kid situation. Like, maybe all of their parents were all spies, and so they've been kind of, like, roped into it. But there is a movie about Totally Spies, which is sort of a prequel that explains how they got there. And I didn't bother to watch it because it's 90 minutes and it's probably not worth watching anyway. Like, I'm guessing that what happens is they're walking around campus, they sit down on a bench, and then Jerry pulls them down through, like, you know, super high-tech tunnel systems and stuff like that into the spy layer. And he's just like, hey, girls, you're spies now. And they're like, okay, cool, I guess. And that's probably, like, the first 10 minutes of the movie explains it right away. It sounds about right. I'll have to check it out later because I'm like genuinely curious now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the thing is that I did have fun watching more Totally Spies this week and sort of revisiting the show as an adult. But it's not like this is like Samurai Jack. Like this is not one that you're going to want to like come back to and watch every single episode because it's so masterfully crafted or because it has any sort of relevance to modern culture. Like this is very stuck in a time. I don't know if kids these days would be entertained by this show, honestly. It definitely, like, um, it didn't really strike me until I was watching it how, like, of its time, like, at least those early episodes were with, like, the fashion stuff. Like, it literally looks like they just looked at, like, whatever Britney Spears was wearing in that, like, what, that Crossroads movie or whatever it's called. And, like, just picked those outfits based on that just for their, like, casual clothes. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss and i guess that that's a weird thing too is i didn't really think about that before but like all of the girls have the same fashion sense and the same personality pretty much like they add some things to them like clover i think is the blonde one is like boy crazy and more obsessed with money than the other two although they're also obsessed with money 
And the other two, I really couldn't discern any kind of personality from them, except that I guess Sam is de facto leader because redhead white girl. Her personality is leader. Yes, that's right. It's like and, Leonardo. Leonardo <laughs> leads. Uh-huh. And then what is what is Alex supposed to be? So I actually like looked up their character bios on the all-powerful Wikipedia. Also, I think I think I may be switching up Alex and Sam or Alex and Clover. Is Clover the blonde one or is Alex? Clover is definitely the boy crazy one for sure. Okay. Okay. Alex is like the the brunette one. Um mm-hmm. or I guess it's like blue hair or black hair. She's the darker haired one. And uh her thing is apparently being childish. And after like Reading that little bio and rewatching the first three episodes, I kind of see it. She's the one that like almost blows plans like every time just by like pointing out something like when someone when their band name is the spies and someone asks them if they're the spies, she comes out with, how did you know we're spies? Oh, my God. Which, you know, when you're a spy is maybe not the best character trait to have. Right. Not not a super realistic cartoon. No, no, not particularly. And I mean, the thing is that you just told me which one is Alex and which one is Clover, and I've still gotten them mixed up. Clover is the blonde one. I think the biggest problem with the early episodes is they don't really introduce the characters that well. Like, no, no, not at all. Mandy is mentioned in like an offhanded joke, and then she appears, and I didn't realize that was Mandy until like halfway through the episode. At first I thought one of them was Mandy. So, like, the first episode is weird in that it just introduces nothing. It just drops you into it. Yeah, and I definitely think that it could be a situation where they made a bunch of episodes, and then after they had already produced 23 episodes, they were like, all right, so which one's going to go first? Because <laughs> the show has no character arcs and no through line or anything like that. Like, there's no reason they couldn't order it in any way they wanted to. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really think it, it probably could have benefited from like more like overarching stuff, but I don't think that's like, were a lot of shows doing that then? I know Justice League kind of was. I can't even remember what other shows were out back then. Yeah, I mean, I guess this just isn't really that kind of show. Like the whole point was Totally Spies is that it goes on for 13 years and nothing really changes. Like that season, <laughs> I think it was a season six or seven episode that I watched from 2014 like it's exactly the same show except now they're in college and they sound completely different like alex is like sounds like a fucking powerpuff girl it's insane oh geez she sounded like bubbles and i was like why is this happening like why is she like a tara strong on steroids like i don't know one of the things that really like struck me about the the three episodes i watched was this everything moves at just breakneck speed there's like hardly a second even to breathe or even catch up on what's really going on in the show. It's just, they cram a lot into those 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, they do. And there is a lot that happens, but it also feels a lot of the time like they're stalling for time. Like it simultaneously is moving at a breakneck speed and also at a snail's pace because the girls are just so bad at being spies that they encounter 50 clues that tell you that these people have a brainwashing operation. And they're like, I wonder what's going on. We should warn the guy. <laughs> and they're like trying to like warn the the villain in the episode. And you're like, no, to- it's like Dora the Explorer, basically. You're like, how can you not see that he's fucking right behind you? Come on. Definitely if they'd allowed some like time to yell at the TV like Dora has, that might be uh, a benefit. But I guess that would uh, screw with the pacing even more. So yeah, first episode, brainwashing plot, of course, with um, Ricky, who 
is like a world-class musician. He's not really all that great. They don't let him sing his own songs live uh, because his producer is basically using his music to recruit kids into the army, maybe? It's really not clear what they're recruiting them for. Yeah, I guess... Well, okay, I guess the lyrics might give us some insight um, because there's one point where he's like reading off the lyrics. He's like, this doesn't make any sense. So here are the lyrics to his song subliminal messaging for the kids to uh, yes. to sort of program them. And again, this is a plot that you've seen so many times over and over again. Like Josie and the Pussycats did this. There was a Simpsons episode that did this. Um, Danny Phantom had an episode that did this. The the whole like music is a brainwashing agent. People in 2003 thought that was really clever. Um, so here are the lyrics to the song. It goes, I'm Ricky and I'm your master. Follow me as I spread disaster. Take over the government. Do as I say. I'll rule the world and you'll obey. I guess the intention that th- was that they were going to like broadcast this live on the TV or something like that and just turn everybody in the world into walking zombies, which is really strange because like the 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 record producer has never heard the song. But, like, he wants to make it a top 10 radio hit so that it plays every single day. And then, obviously, inevitably, he would be brainwashed, too. And then everybody would just be walking around looking for guidance. I'm telling you, I don't think that this is a very realistic cartoon. I mean, all the signs are there. That's what I demand out of cartoons. Perfect, real-world realism, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I mean, I just love that, that the song starts with, I'm Ricky and I'm your master. Like, it's basically like the equivalent of like one of those 80s white guy raps where they start off by saying, you know, my name is Rappin' Ricky and I'm here to say that I like to rap in a rapping way. Like, <laughs> that's really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You <laughs> I know. I know. I, t- I took a class. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's just like one of those things where it's like, okay, it's a kid's show. So really, kids don't even know what music is. Like, they listen to whatever their parents listen to. So this is fine. We really don't have to put that much effort into this whole situation. Something that really bugged me about this first episode is the bad guy explaining his plan in like the evil monologue with his hands covering his mouth. Oh, really? I think I think that they were just trying to like cut a little corner on some animation there. Totally spies? No way. This right? Show, <laughs> this show has such a loving craft for its animation. It's not possible. Here's the thing. I'm sort of spinning my wheels trying to talk about Totally Spies here because there's nothing all that interesting about this show at all. It's real boring. Yeah, I feel like it definitely could have benefited from having a regular bad guy uh, rather than just having like random characters that you have to get used to every episode. That's true. Inspector Gadget had Dr. Claw. You kind of got used to that character. You didn't have to be introduced to that character. So I feel like it would have been better to have, like, the bad guy be a character. Yeah, and that's interesting because a lot of the time, like, the villain in these kinds of shows is the most iconic one. Like, you know, they have, like, those iconic villains that are able to come back all the time and have sort of arcs. And sometimes they, like, betray each other and do a bunch of different things. I wonder if there is a recurring villain in the show or if it's just Mandy. I think it might just be Mandy. Wow. But I don't know. I, di- I didn't watch all six seasons in uh, preparation for this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, the thing about Mandy that was kind of jarring to me was that Mandy is, in any other show, like a typical bully. And of course, you would hate her. In this show, the whole thing seems to be that her voice is obnoxious. And that's the worst thing about her. Like, yeah, she's a vain person. Yeah, she cares too much about money and popularity and boys. But so do all the main characters in the show. 
So it's like, are we just supposed to hate her because they do? It definitely seems to come off as more just like high school drama rather than like any real reason to dislike this person. Because it's, I think it's a situation they run into a lot of the time where they're like, all right, so we've created the brats and now we need to give the brats an ecosystem to exist within. And because they're the most popular kids in school, we have to make a reason that they're not like the bullies. And so Totally Spies, these characters would be like bullies in their school. And so you kind of have to create somebody else where you're like, this person is actually a jerk. And you have to make them so like cartoonishly big just by giving them an obnoxious laugh or something, you know? Did you watch episode three? The whole thing in that episode is that there's a new guy replacing Jerry who's like basically their Charlie. And (laughs) he does it in such a ludicrous way where he basically creates a video of Jerry saying like, hey girls, I'm retired, don't bother me. And then every single time they try and contact Jerry, that's what plays instead. Mm, You know what? That's uh, the anticipated the whole deep fake thing. That's what that is. (laughs) And it's just such so telling of the girl's problem solving abilities where they're like, okay, first of all, the guy's name who they're working for, I don't remember, I don't have it written down, is an anagram for the super villain that they're chasing down for the week. Like it's Max Smith and Tim Scam (laughs) and Tim Scam. And so that's that's one of those anagrams where it's like completely reversed. I don't know. There is a there is a word for that, too, but I forgot what it is. But um. Yeah, the entire episode they're like they're like, "Oh my god, this Tim scam guy is real bad news. We should go we should go tell Mac about this." And just constantly these buffoons are completely outwitted. And it's like, how do they make it through 136 missions and not die if this is normal for them, you know? I don't know. You said you said their their voices change in a later uh later series, maybe they die and they're replaced. Uh, that that certainly makes sense there's a lot of sam's alex's and clover's out there in the world i mean it could be a a clone situation honestly this could be a gemini man this show is just blatantly very very horny (laughs) i mean it seems like it should be targeted at like a teen girl crowd because of how horny it is and like how often they're talking about boys and just seemingly just want to fuck and how often the camera just focuses on their butts, honestly. Like, every third shot is a is a butt shot of the girls. It's definitely an interesting aesthetic choice. <laughs> aesthetic choice. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that could all just be, like, subliminal stuff. Like, that could definitely be something where, where somebody is, like, working on the show for kids and they're like, I need to entertain myself somehow. I'm just going to draw, like, a lot of ass shots in this show. They're definitely, like... For all like my problems with the the actual animation, there definitely are some moments when there's like a particularly good drawing. I think one I freeze framed on was uh, when they get zapped with that dehydrating cannon, uh-huh. and they they just kind of like freak out just for like a second, and then they turn into like these withered versions of themselves. Right. That like little freeze frame where they're freaking out was actually kind of fun. So I can I could see like animators just wanting to put in like, well, I want to draw this. Do you think that there's like some moments of inspiration in the show and it was just like somebody's passion project to make the dehydration ray look like really, really good, you know? <laughs> I mean, you'll notice that sometimes like I watched like Rambo and the Forces of Freedom on the podcast and that show just looks like ass, except whenever <laughs> it's showcasing Rambo's like rippling biceps and then it's just so lovingly crafted that you're like, oh, okay, somebody just really, really wanted to draw this. 
specific scene and put a lot of work into it. Yeah, I've definitely noticed a lot, a lot of older shows will just have like a lot of bullshit animation. And then the fun part is like really well animated. And then back to just like, ah, oh, let's just get through this scene. Would you recommend Totally Spies to anybody, anybody in 2019? I unfortunately would not. I mean, it's good to check these things out just so that, you know, you're not basing opinions on stuff that you haven't seen yet, like I did when its uh, show was first out. But I can't say that I was pleasantly surprised by the overall quality of the show. Yeah, it's it's certainly of its time, I would say. Um, It's a fun little, like, time capsule back to the early 2000s. Yeah, very, very fast paced, incredibly colorful. It was like eye bleeding colors. Yeah, every single shot. And a lot of like um, a lot of uh, embossing effects. Did you notice that? Like the the title cards had a lot of like Photoshop embossing effects on it. Oh, that was driving me crazy. (laughs) Oh, is that a bad thing or a good thing? It's like a filter where it makes things look like 3D, but it doesn't actually make them look 3D. It just adds weird shines and shadows to them. Oh, okay. (laughs) Or maybe that's a beveled edge. I'm, I forget which one. I I don't use those anymore, but I did back then. Right. I just also would not ever recommend anybody really watch this show. Like, it's a nice little burst of nostalgia. It's a nice little time capsule. But there are definitely better shows from the time. You know, watch, like, Teen Titans over this. Watch probably Kids Next Door is better than this, right? Or is that just rose-tinted glasses? I never saw Kids Next Door I don't know what happened, but I kind of dropped off from a lot of cartoons around this time. I seem to remember watching a lot of, like, Fairly Odd Parents reruns and SpongeBob reruns around this time. Right, right. You're more of a Nick kid, honestly. I was I was always more for if any cartoon character had, like, normal proportions. I was like, nope, not about it. I need big heads, giant eyes, tiny limbs. So SpongeBob was perfect for you. <laughs> He's got the perfect. biggest head and the tiniest me. limbs. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you just love Plankton. He's all head. Plankton is a, a beautiful character for sure. We can all relate to that. Well, great. Um, Marcy, thank you for joining me on the show this week. We didn't really talk about it at the beginning, but you are on Twitter and you do a lot of um, daily comics, right? Do you put out a new one every day? Um, I can't quite do one every day. I try to stick to about three a week. Sometimes I can't even make that. Uh, Like this week I was sick, so I didn't even try to put three out. But um, yeah, I try to put out three comics a week just of my my life since coming out as transgender. And uh, I deal with a lot of stuff that sucks. And that makes some of these comics hard to deal with. Even if it's just something that happened in a day that annoyed me, I get annoyed when I have to redraw it. So um Some of them are a little difficult to get through, but I tried to go for like a little bit of slice of life. Um, I know that there's a lot of people out there going through the same things that we are. I don't know. I just hope it reaches someone and helps them because I've definitely had things like that. Another notable like journal comic, uh, Super Late Bloomer by Julia Kay. Yeah, Um, that was the one for me too. Like that absolutely cracked my egg early days. Trans shit. I mean, and I was I was going to make like the Julia Kay comparison to your comic and do you take that favorably like do you aspire to do that kind of thing or oh yeah i mean if someone someone said that about me i would definitely have that reaction of who me no no (laughs) not me but so but she's cool (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i really i really enjoy your comic and um 
is it is it called another journal comic or is it called her journal comic? Like, how would you say that phonetically? So the comic um, is now called her journal comic. It's based on one that I used to do in college called another journal comic um, because there was me and a few others back at SCAD doing journal comics. And uh, I felt like mine was just one more on the pile. Uh, so I did that for a while. It kind of dropped off through like most of my 20s. And now picking it back up, I just like was trying to come up with a new title and I just like looked at the words in front of me and realized I can just cross out those first few letters and (laughs) have it be her journal comic. Yeah, I don't know. I just really appreciate seeing those cross my timeline all the time and um, they're fun. I don't really have anything else to say about it, though. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're liking them. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me on the show this week. This has been fun. For sure. I am on Twitter at Marcy King Ultra. I'm also on Instagram and Tumblr under the same name. I post comics and dumb jokes and occasionally sad stuff. Great. And I'm on Twitter at StopTweetingMia. Thank you guys for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant, and I'm here if you need to talk. Here we go. Here we go. Go, 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 go